I'm Abby. And I'm Caitlin. And we are two millennials who are taking our stance on insurance with a fun twist of pop culture. We work with clients to assess and lower their total cost of risk. And we're chicks! back and better than ever. Is that not what I'm supposed to say? We're back from our hiatus, our little COVID pandemic hiatus. <laughs> season two of season the Risky two. Checks. We'll call it our season two. <laughs> We're back, guys. <laughs> okay, hello, everybody. It's the Risky Chicks. We're back in action for season two after our very, very long hiatus. <laughs> Pandemic COVID hiatus. Yes. And we are in person, six feet apart, and today we're going to talk about renter's insurance. Yes. So during our hiatus, Abby and I finally moved out, so we're big girls now, yep, so we, we had to do we, some adult things. We left mom and dad's. Yes. It's kind of it rough. It was much needed, I feel like, <laughs> a little... Very change, needed. Change of scenery, especially us. We both quarantined with our parents for um, the beginning of it, so and moving out towards the end of it, I think, was a, a little breath of fresh air, but took yeah. on the big girl responsibilities. We're paying rent now, so... So we had to get renter's insurance. Yeah. But I think the best part about us moving out is that we didn't even realize that we are basically living on the same street, and it's a 10-minute walk yeah. from each other, so that's good. <laughs> Literally right down the street. It's awesome. So today we're going to cover what is renter's insurance, um, some stories that we've heard in our experience purchasing renter's insurance with DG and how DG provides a lot more value than if you just did an online Google search. But first, we have a new segment that Abby's going to introduce. Yeah, so we're starting a new segment that we call Ask Around. Uh, Caitlin and I reach out to our friends to ask what they think certain coverages are if they have it, just get their initial thoughts on it. You know, us being millennials ourselves, our other friends also being millennials, you know, we're kind of experiencing this insurance world, you know, at the same pace. So, but Caitlin and I obviously working for insurance, we're, you know, surrounded by the knowledge and we're um, around it almost every single day during the work week. So uh, getting their opinion when they're not, you know, experiencing like it, like how we are, uh, it's really interesting. So, Today we asked if they have renter's insurance and what they think covers it. So, Caitlin, let's ask around. Okay, so I texted one of my college friends that lives in Weehawken, New Jersey, and I was like, hey, do you have renter's insurance and what do you think it covers? She responded saying, yes, I do have renter's insurance. Yay, go Grace. And she said, it provides me with financial reimbursement of my possessions if there was a fire or if my apartment was vandalized or anything like that, and I could get reimbursed for my personal belongings. So yes, Grace, you get a 100%. That is correct. <laughs> she pulled it off Google. Yeah. And I told her she had great Googling skills. So funny. But still, I think the fact that we're having our friends kind of look into this stuff and yeah. understand it is funny, and that's kind of the goal of this podcast for us is to educate our age group. So, Abby, what did your friend say? So, I texted two of mine. Um, one of them just said, I want to say it's a tenant's property in regards personal belongings. Really pulling up the read receipts yeah. here. Um, and then my other friend said, let me see. She goes, I think it means if there is a significant damage like fire or flooding, that is our fault. Insurance would cover it. Isn't our fault, 
Right. Yes. Oh, sorry. That, oh, no. That is our fault. Okay. Is that what she said? Let me see. Let me let me read the receipts one more time. Yeah, that is our fault. So okay. she's at fault for something, like causing a fire or causing an issue to cause the flooding in her apartment, then, like, the insurance would cover it. Got it. Okay, so good responses all around. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to go into our version of what is renter's insurance, and it's a policy that provides benefits of a homeowner's policy, but it's tenant's insurance, so it's not as in-depth. Not as um, expensive, too. Yeah, it's not as expensive. It's, it just it covers your personal belongings. So one way that was it was been described to me and Abby when we first started was if you were to flip your apartment upside down, everything that would fall out, that is what you need to cover and take into account when you're purchasing this coverage. Right. So for me... One thing that I found that I didn't really know, it was bundling tenants and renter's insurance with my auto. So that gave me a little bit of a discount to do mm-hmm. that. Um, I feel like... And bundling, just to clarify, bundling is when you all of your policies are together and like with the same provider. You kind of yep. have them under the same roof, basically. And this can offer you a discount with some of them. Yeah, and so I think the benefits of doing it through DG, I know that we work there and everything, but... I think we had a better understanding of exactly what it is, what we could get covered, and they were able to help us evaluate what our personal belongings are, how much coverage we would pro- like probably need. Right. And also, one aspect that I probably never would have thought of if I just went online was understanding what our building already covers mm-hmm. so that we're not overpaying and covering stuff that we don't need to cover. Yeah. So I thought that was something interesting that I don't think a lot of people our age would know or understand. So it was awesome that DG is able to help us understand that and help the consumer when they're purchasing this know that that's what they need to be looking for and looking at. And you could also probably find that in your lease agreement. Um, There's like a whole clause or section regarding insurance. Um, A lot of places require you to to have it just to even move in one of your requirements is to purchase a tenant's policy a renter's policy just to even you know get the green light that you're approved to to live there yeah and I think in ours it was I wasn't required to get it but it was highly recommended when I was signing the lease that we do because anything that we owned would not be covered if there was a loss and so I think Actually reading your lease and, and knowing that part, too, is something that <laughs> read the lease people. might be a downfall for our, our age group, because I know I've not fully read things and then not knowing until I need to know. So that was, that was one part that I found yeah. super helpful. And I think just um, working with DG, they're asking you the right questions, and I think when you're being guided online, um, it's more those questions aren't always online. asked. It's just general. Yeah, way more broad. And like you're saying, with DG, they're asking the right questions that are personal to you. Yeah. You know, it's definitely way more custom. You know that you're paying, you know, the better price rather than just, like, something that you don't even need. Yep. So Abby and I both purchased it, and me and my roommate both got separate policies to cover our own stuff. So we didn't want there to be an issue of, well, that's mine, that's not, and kind Mm -hmm. of um, both covered. So that was something that was recommended to me also. Um, and then Abby, you want to go into the, the story that you know about our friend's apartment flooding? Yes. So my boyfriend and his old roommate, which is our other friend, they used to live together and, um, their apartment actually flooded back last spring. Um, what happened was 
this is a little bit of a different situation because the city of Boston was actually at fault for this. They were working on some construction outside their apartment, and their apartment was in a basement, and it was a torrential downpour. I remember this, this day. day. Yeah, and they were told to stop working, and I guess they worked a little bit overtime, and that led to one of, like, the they were working on some runoff water pipes, so it's all, like, the rainwater and, like, street water, like, the gross water. That it was, has, like... ratchet in there. It was ratchet and trashy, and it <laughs> smelled horrible. And um, so that caused their apartment to flood. What Nick had to do when he was going through filing a claim for his damaged belongings caused by this flooding... He was told to make an Excel sheet, go through every single item that was damaged, ruined, destroyed, anything that basically wasn't salvageable or anything that even just like got wet from the flood. Mm-hmm. He was he was allowed to put on there. So, you know, he went through every single thing. He estimated the value of each thing. Every like t-shirt, I remember helping this with him. He had these yeah, like old I remember that. Yeah, these like just like old like Vineyard Vines t-shirts. And he's like, how much was a Vineyard Vines t-shirt back in like 2012? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. How are we gonna find that out? Like <laughs> But no, this is important though because it's important to keep track of your personal belongings and like the value of them, especially mm-hmm. at the time that you buy them because God forbid you run into a situation like this, like you want to have that documentation. And if you have something that's very expensive, whether it's, you know, a piece of art or a piece of jewelry, like even saving those receipts, that's also an important thing to have when this goes down. I mean, luckily for Nick, it was a couple of Vineyard Vines t-shirts and some LL Bean moccasins. <laughs> See, like for it, us, that would be a very, very different story with our shopping problem. Oh yeah, the we, shopping addiction. I would literally probably be traumatized, <laughs> like knowing that. I think there would be like a very, very big like week of just devastation for Abby and I if this were to happen to us. We yeah. weren't, we didn't have insurance, we, we couldn't get our favorite pair of shoes back. Like, come on. We would be grieving. <laughs> we would be great grieving. That would be so bad. But I know a friend of mine that I don't know if she's just super organized or if she just like wants to keep track of it, but we were working with her here and she had a full Excel sheet of like everything that they had that was like it was more so bigger purchases, like yeah. the couches and the furniture that they just bought, like the carpets and like the toys for the kids and like yep. stuff like that. And so that was actually really cool to see because it helped so much with deciding how much coverage she should purchase. Absolutely. And it's like, I never thought of doing that. I probably still wouldn't do that because I have so many items that I would have to list on there that it would be mm-hmm. like 9 million pages long. I just because also it's think like that excessively shopping all the time. It's the excessive shopping for me. <laughs> um, I also just don't think that just at my stage in my life, I'm not buying these like, Mm-mm. you know, really like vintage, expensive no. things, you know, like, okay, I'm gonna buy this like stupid looking shirt off of like urban outfitters. Like, you know, that's like <laughs> that's, that's the it. level <laughs> that I'm at right now. But still, back to like what Nick was doing. Filling out this Excel sheet, going through every single article of clothing, the price estimate, you know, all of that. And so he got it all together and submitted it to the um, the adjusters mm-hmm. um, when he was filing his claim for the whole thing. 
But this is really important, especially um, if you do have, you know, something that's of value that is very expensive, that is vintage, definitely keep track of that and the price and the value that you know it's at. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, God forbid you ever run into one of these situations, this documentation is extremely important and will only help you mm-hmm. to deal with the adjusters and the cold claims process. Yeah, and I think um, their experience is probably a little bit different because it was the city of Boston. I know, yeah. Fault, but even still, he still had to file the claim. It just wasn't through his insurance company. If he, it was yeah. through um, the city of Boston who told him where to file the claim. Yeah, they were at fault. But if, if it wasn't the city of Boston at fault, this would still be a process yeah. that you would want to go through. You know, I live in in an apartment, like, complex building. Like, we have, you know, like, the main, like, lobby, front door, you know, that whole situation. But, like, if that were to be flooded or if that were to catch on fire, like, this is the the process that we would want to go through. Yeah, and I know, um, I think, like, when you and I first started, someone here was telling us a story about their friends that lived in a building and they moved in and two weeks later, like, the building caught fire and, like, they lost everything and they didn't have any coverage and they had nowhere to go. Oh, like, yep. they had, like, nowhere to go live. Like, they had nothing. Yeah. And so, like, I think that, for me, was a story that resonated. And I was like, okay, yeah, anywhere I move, I'm going to buy insurance because that $200 I spent for the whole mm-hmm. year is way more valuable to me than, like, it's just it just makes sense. Yeah, well, that was another topic that um, we were also told that they will also pay to house you somewhere else. Like, Nick was actually offered to, like, like if you want to move out and stay in a hotel for a couple nights, like, we will reimburse you yeah. for that as well. That was something that, like, if he, he didn't because his parents lived, you mm-hmm. know, just 30 minutes away, so he just lived with his parents for, you know, a couple nights. But um, if he chose to stay in a hotel nearby... Um, that that would be something he would also put on that little Excel spreadsheet. You know, the, mm-hmm. the cost of the nights at the hotel, that would be something that the renter's insurance would have covered as well. Yeah. Yep, that is something. Um, and making sure that you have that coverage on there. I mean, I guess it's like just knowing what you're purchasing mm-hmm. and knowing what you have when something does happen is important also. And that's why we're here and DG's here is to explain that to you and answer any questions that you might have ever. Like, even if... It could be, like, two years from now, and you still just renewed your renter's policy. Like, we're always going to answer a question for you. So Absolutely. I think that's the value of where, like, we come in and Delane Gibson comes in and working with an agent that understands the ins and outs of these policies. So that is that with renter's insurance. Good stuff. Um, Abby and I will be back more often than we have been now. Season two, baby. <laughs> Season two. We're back <laughs> back and ready to rumble. So the next episode, we will be discussing auto insurance, and we will be asking our friends what they think that is, which I'm sure will be great responses. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be awesome. So yeah. stay tuned for that, and thanks for listening.